It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. That was tough. Auburn drops another one at home. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. We're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. And joining me for the Henry Service Company postgame show, Daryl Daprich, as we recap here, um, Auburn's 77 to 69 loss in a game where Auburn looked like the better team until about 10 minutes left to go, Daryl. And then just Alabama's talent took over. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I just saw. Yeah. I think Alabama has a situation where they have players that can close. Uh, They have closers and finishers right now. Auburn is struggling, looking for that. This is a trend that we have seen now time and time again in the six-game stretch where Auburn's one in five, is they've actually had leads in the second half of basketball games. They've extended it to five, sometimes seven, and can't close. And I just feel like you can't let good teams, great teams, Alabama's a top three team, probably one of the best, probably the best team in the country between them and Purdue. But really, you know, my comments are going to be focused on Auburn. You can't let a team that's really good you know, hang around and Alabama's going to hang around because they're so talented and they have such great shooters and they can score the basketball. But what they have right now is a mentality that they finish. They were down double digits against Houston at Houston and found a way to win. Auburn has been up in games in the second half and that perpetual bug that has been not being able to finish and close games has been there. And that's because I don't think they have a closer. I think you got to have a player that's willing to take a game over late and Auburn is lacking that right now yeah the only folks that seem to want to be the closers on this team uh is Wendell or KD and they aren't 
able to do it. I think Wendell can do it on a night where he's feeling it. For whatever reason, Janai can't do it or doesn't want to do it, which I kind of feel like it should be him or Jalen, and neither of them seem to step up in those situations. And it's um, it killed us again. I mean, the final looks way worse than like what it actually was, right? I mean, this is this is a game that was a three point game, and then Alabama had to, or then Auburn had to start fouling Alabama at the end of it. So that certainly stinks. It certainly stinks from an optic standpoint. But this is a game that was really set up for Auburn to win. I think with game day, I think with all the pressure on Alabama, I was asked about it all week on the radio, Daryl, on stations all throughout the state. And I'm like, I I, I don't know. I feel really good about Auburn's chances here. And a lot of what Auburn needed to do, they did. They just couldn't slow down Alabama over the last four minutes of the basketball game. And that's, sadly, we've seen that before. You know, that, that, Tends to speak to depth. I think you know Alabama's a very deep basketball team, but I felt like Auburn. It's quality uh, depth too. Yeah, I mean, quality depth. So many different guys can get hot. We don't have. Yeah, Auburn can play ten guys, but what are you getting from three of the ten? That's the problem. And I think you know there were there were a variety of things that I felt like Auburn had to do to win this basketball game. And I, you know, the free throw differential for a while there looked like it was going to be the difference. And then it started getting evened it up. I mean, Auburn only shot three more free throws than Alabama and that's because they had to foul late, but you can't shoot 32% Zach and beat Alabama. I'm sorry. You just can't. And that's, that's what it comes down to. Alabama shot 59%. I mean, 59% (laughs) only 29% from three, but was eating Auburn alive in the paint. This was one of those games where Auburn, was really on the back end of the negative side of the differential of points in the paint. Mm. And, you know, Auburn actually hit one more three than Alabama, but could not 32% is going to get it done when Alabama's shooting 59%. Now Auburn did hit nine more free throws, um, but still you've got to, you've got to shoot. I've said it all along. You had to get into the eighties. I felt like to beat Alabama today and you had to shoot at least I felt like 45% and neither one of those happened. And so you get the outcome that's probably expected when that happens. Yeah, or you just keep doing what you were able to do in the first half defensively. I mean, they were forcing Alabama late into the shot clock, and then about 10 minutes left to go in the game, Daryl. I mean, Alabama was just like, let's just attack the basket because Auburn wasn't going to stop them or get in their way. I mean, that that's kind of what we saw towards the end of it, and that's ultimately what allowed <laughs> Alabama to shoot 59.2% from the floor. I mean, that's just I mean they shot 60, they shot 64% in the first half. So Auburn actually cooled them down a little bit, right? In the second half, 56%. Yeah, but 55% changed. I mean the shot selection changed, but still if you can't, they did a good job of guarding the three, except a couple times they didn't rotate over. They left guys wide open when they went for backside steals or try to double team people. Yeah. Um, but again, you can't allow your opponent to come in on your home floor and shoot 60% and you only shoot 32%. It, you're not going to win. I mean, you're just not. I don't care what anything adds up, free throws, rebounds, turnovers, unless Alabama would have turned it over 20 times. There's no, You don't have a prayer when you give up that field goal percentage and can't match it mm-hmm. scoring yourself. Alabama, Alabama made its last three of three shots. Auburn, one of ten. From field goals to end the game. That's that Just speaks to the finishing aspect, stone right? Stone cold. Yeah, the close, the, the being able to close that that those stats 
are indicative right there. That tells the tale. One of ten means you just can't finish. Yeah, devastating. Just go, just go four of ten at home. Five of ten at yeah. home. With I'm getting texts from people at the game and covering the game that it's like the most electric atmosphere that they've been at in in, in a long time, uh, specifically in Neville Arena, and it's like that's how you finish. Because if you can't finish in that situation against your rival, against probably their best team they've ever had, and you're in a situation where you can win and you don't want to finish, what are you doing? Why are you here? Alan Flanagan, one of nine from the floor. He had a minus 12, plus minus. What are you doing? Well, and, and I, not I just, only that. I, I just I just don't get it there. I mean, what do we do? We need people to step up and like, Look, I've been kind of critical on Wendell Green, but there's no question that dude wants it. I wish more people on this team had his mindset, and it's just it's just not there. There's no dog in this team, and it stinks. It's it's tough to watch right now. Well, Bruce Pearl's got to take some responsibility about what happened with Flanagan. Okay, I'm just going to be very honest about that. Flanagan played second the second most minutes on the team tonight. He played 30 minutes. Why do you keep running him back out there when he's one of nine and doing some of the things? And some of those nine yeah. shots were horrific. Terrible. Fade away, you know, three dudes on me. So the only Two way to combat like that him is trying to draw a foul. But, like, you got to feel that out. Like, you're not getting those. Like, And, and nobody – I don't think the I fishing mean, get, was as, as bad as people are making it out to be. But, like, it's just – yeah, the, the, the answer used to be you play Allen for 30 minutes because of defense. But, like, it's not even that anymore. You can't even make that argument. I would have taken him off the floor and held his minutes to around 25 and given Chris Moore five more minutes. I know you're not getting much out of Moore, but at least he's not going to hurt you. You see what I'm saying? At least he's not going to take bad shots and make it a negative possession or a negative differential. He knows his role. He'll get some rebounds. He yeah. may not score, but Flanagan wasn't either. And Flanagan was was affecting you negatively on that side of the floor. So Ooh. I don't know that that's a coaching decision. That's a head scratcher. Pull him out. He struggled tonight, uh, and let him play less minutes because I think he really, really hurt Auburn with the minutes he played. Yeah, I mean, I think he's hurt Auburn in a lot of different ways. Sadly, um, be interesting to see what happens this off season with um, with him. Wendell seven of nine, uh, seven to nineteen shooting for twenty four points. Obviously, he led the Tigers in scoring. Second was Jalen Williams, who, like, I mean, erupted. And then he just, like, quit shooting because that's what Jalen Williams does. It's just the weirdest, weirdest that's, thing. That's frustrating, too, is he was feeling it. He was going off. He was having a special night. Should have finished with 20 or 22. And then he just disappears for stretches. Stops taking shots. Shot the ball eight times. He had 16 points and shot the ball one less time. Then Alan Flanagan, call timeout, run sets, and tell Flanagan to quit shooting the freaking basketball. You're coming over to the bench and tell Jalen Williams, I need you to shoot more. I mean, I, I, maybe he did, and maybe they just didn't listen. But I think Williams should never, with 16 points, shouldn't have less shots than Alan Flanagan. And if he does, you, you affect that as a coaching staff by benching yep. one and telling the other one to shoot more. Yep. Yep. About 10 minutes left to go in the game, Daryl. I was starting to kind of go through, okay, what do I want to start the show with? And if we would have won, I think it would have been because KD was starting to kind of heat up a little bit, KD Johnson. And I was ready to like just publicly apologize to KD Johnson because I've been really, really hard on him. And he was okay, right? Like he needs to quit shooting threes. I don't really get that. But 
you know, 12 points, seven rebounds, and was kind of a spark, did some things defensively. There are other things where he just like lets his guy free, but I, I still I, I was I was kind of expecting more from KD down the stretches because of the way he was playing. And then after that, it was just a bunch of dudes who like didn't step up. Janai Broom, three of eleven from the floor. Like that's just not what we've typically seen from him. But that size just ate him up. That size that Alabama has just ate him up down low. Also, it, it, a lot of his touch that we've seen just around the basket. You call them bunnies, right? Like th- those. Yep. Th- those didn't fall. Uh, I don't know, man. That was a really, really tough ten minutes to watch. Ten minutes of basketball. It's just like. Auburn's not as good as Alabama. Like, let's be very clear, but they are way better than finishing the game one of 10 from the floor. They are just better than that. But Daryl, it keeps happening over and over and over again. So maybe they're not. That sucks, well, I think the, but maybe yeah, I they're think, not. I think they're not showing indicative of, you know, being one in five, their last six. I think they're a better basketball team than that. I think they should have won at least, if you want to consider yourself a good team and a team that, you know, can can be an eight or seven seed in the NCAA tournament. You got to win two or three of these last six, and they have not. They have absolutely now not. They've not played bad except this last stretch of of eight minutes of this basketball game. They've been in these games, but there was an opportunity there for the taking with Kentucky losing. Auburn had an opportunity to cement themselves in that four slot with a game lead. They could have jumped a seed line with the win today. Um, there's a lot left to play for. I mean, there's there's six games left. And again, there four of those are very, very winnable. Maybe five of those are winnable, but if they they've got to figure something out, or it could be really, really dangerous coming down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's go to some comments here. Let's just address the main question. Pew War Eagle says, "Why can't this team finish? Are they capable?" Daryl, I think it's a mentality thing. I think it's a mentality thing that like Wendell's the only dude who really wants it on this team right now. Am I too critical in saying that? Yeah, I think that um I am too critical in saying that. No, you're uh, not okay. too critical in saying that. I was gonna say to, to go back to your point, um, you're you're right that he is the only one and he seems like the only one that wants to take the big shot late. But the reason why we can't finish is because we don't have another person that wants to finish. We don't have a closer. And so, you know. That that that's that's the the definition. The simple definition is you've got to have guys step up that prove that they can hit that big shot to close. And if you don't have them, you can't finish. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, War Eagle Wyoming says team full of role players. Right now, that certainly seems to be the case. Look, I mean, Alabama's got the roster that you want, and it's what Auburn had last year, where you have a collection of really solid college basketball players. And then an NBA player or two. Like that's that's how you win this league right now. And I think that's why Kentucky's had a kind of a tough run because they don't have they have the NBA side of it. They don't have the veteran, good, solid college basketball player side of it. Alabama has what Auburn had last year, and it just stinks to see it happen in Tuscaloosa with what we got to see in Auburn last year. It, it's a very similar makeup of a team. Um, because look, I, I think Alabama's got some studs. Don't get me wrong, but like. If you take Brandon Miller off of that roster, it's just a different team. It's just a different team. It is what it is. I mean, he's that good of a player that he's going to make the guys around him better. We saw the guys on this roster benefit from having Jabari and Walker last year. Did some of us take Walker Kessler for granted probably a little bit more than we should have? Yes, I think so. 
And I wouldn't be shocked if some members of the team took him a little bit for granted too. And then it becomes a transitional thing where you're used to two guys being the guys. And now you've got to step up this year and do what they're supposed, you know, and you, and you can't because you relied so much on two dudes last year that went to the NBA, but so what that Auburn's at a situation um, in its program, despite what others, others might think from across the state that it's, it's, it's a really good program. It's a stable program. It'll be in it every year. So you should, you should find other players to replace the two that left that make plays. That's what programs that have sustainability do. Uh, you know, again, you, you you may mention to it, Alabama's got a generational talent team this year. Let's see what happens with that. This is the yeah. best team they've had, I've said, in a long time. And let's see how far that, that gets them, you know, when they go and play in the tournament and that kind of thing. So it is what it is. It flip-flopped, but I feel really comfortable about the future of this team. Um, call it sunshine pumping or whatever you want. I saw yep. a comment on that. I'm just I'm stating facts. Uh, look at the class that Bruce Pearl's bringing in next year and the year after, and we'll just see. We'll line up again and see how it goes. That's right. Crawl Daddy asked where was Quinterly. Don't care. You can look at Locked On Bama for that. I'm sure they'll talk about that. Uh, so oh, here it is. Lane asked who has gone from the team next season besides Zepp. So Zepp runs out of eligibility, as you said, Lane. That that's really it as far as guys that have to leave guys that are out of eligibility there's a lot of speculation that allen will be done we'll see uh depending on the <laughs> depending on when you ask that it's like is that good or bad right now that seems like a good thing but there are several times where you know alan flanagan you know can can offer some things if, if alan flanagan was like the like the sixth guy or the seventh guy on the roster i think we feel a little bit better about what he's doing he's just not really being asked to be that right now um chris moore in a similar situation. They're both seniors, but they have COVID years left. And I think people are forgetting that. Some uh, uh, people that follow bas Auburn basketball and write for Auburn basketball and, and, and comment and, and talk about it on talk shows and stuff were under the impression that Auburn has four guys leaving next year. They don't. They only have one that has to go. The other three, people are forgetting about those COVID years. So that's a big thing to consider as well. Yeah. Um. All right, a lot of people saying Auburn's an NIT team now, Daryl. You want to address that? Well, I think you know they're they're definitely trending that direction. I mean, I wouldn't have said that four or five games ago. So I've got to be realistic and say that if Auburn doesn't turn it around and find a way to win, what I think three of their last six, maybe four of their last six, then. I don't think they are an NCAA tournament team unless they made a, made a run in the tournament. So I, I'm under the impression that Auburn, all they have to do is get to 20 wins, win three more conference games, be 10 and eight in the conference, 20 and 11 overall, and they'll get in. Right now they got two quad one wins because of Northwestern. Now Northwestern plays Purdue tomorrow, mm. so that could change. I think there's a good opportunity there. Probably to, won't impact it that much if they lose, though. No, and I think there's a good opportunity to beat Tennessee at home. I mean, they're not. I mean, they went on the road and lost to Vanderbilt. But right. on the flip side of that, Vandy ain't no gimme now. On the road in Vanderbilt, Tennessee just went and got beat. So you know, Missouri's not a, a cakewalk. I mean, Auburn should be favored in three of the last six, but that doesn't mean they're slam dunks. I think they got to win three. I think there's a good opportunity, even if they drop one, they shouldn't drop. Maybe to pick one up. Uh, against Tennessee, maybe that they can. You never know. I mean, things can can change quickly in college basketball. That's right. That's right. 
And look, I mean, going into this game, Auburn was projected to lose this game, and they were still expected to finish 11-7 and in the SEC, even with losing this game. 11-7 and either puts you at 4 or 5 in the SEC, depending on what Florida does. And you hold the tiebreaker over Florida and you hold the tiebreaker over Florida. And so all the metrics and stuff have Auburn at 11 and seven tied with Florida, assuming Auburn lost today, going into the game today. So, you know, everybody is saying the two lost thing, like that's probably not true yet. Like today doesn't really impact that because everybody was projecting Auburn to lose. And so if that's the case, I really don't want to be positive right now, but I'm going to be. So, like, if that's the case, Auburn was projected to finish fifth in the SEC. And right now, still with the current projections, even losing today, they're still projected to finish fourth thanks to the tiebreaker of Florida. So, still, perspectives needed. Just the way they lost today really, really doesn't sit well with me. It is what it is. You know what does sit well with me? Is when I have problems with my electrical or HVAC or plumbing, and we can call our friends at Henry Service Company to fix all of it. I mean, we all feel crummy, like after this game, we all feel crummy when that stuff breaks down, but at least in that situation, you can call somebody and get it fixed, Daryl. Absolutely. There's no fixing this, but yeah, I mean, Henry Service Company does a great job. It's not just HVAC work, as you mentioned before, electrical, plumbing. I love the fact that it's a one-stop shop. A lot of times, you have to go out and get three different companies to handle three different problems with your home and home maintenance, and Henry Service Company... The, the thing that's clutch about them is it's one company can handle all three of those. And let's face it. If you've got a problem in your house, a lot of times it's one of those three, right? I mean, other than right. a roof blowing off, I mean, it's, that's it. So they can take care of all three of those and it's just very convenient. That's right. That's right. So be sure to give them a call. It doesn't matter when it is or what time it is. They've got you covered. If you're in the Montgomery Tri-County area, give them a call. 334-288-2700. Alabama license number 00021. Um, I'm seeing some people comment on the refs. Uh, ben, you're commenting on the refs. You know, I, I didn't really think that, that was like, I don't think that's why Auburn lost today. I, 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 think, just, I think when both fan bases on social media are complaining about the referees, then then there is no advantage one way or the other. I mean, yeah. Alabama was complaining about the foul differential, you know, and then Auburn in the second half. I mean, it did it did shrink, but so both both fan bases were complaining about the officials. Yeah, uh, did they think, miss some? Sure, sure. But I actually think Auburn kind of got more out of it. I mean, uh, let's see. Why can't I see this? Where is this? I want to make one quick point, too. When we were talking about games coming down the stretch, I completely keep overlooking Kentucky is winnable. It is. It You know, just, just three no, weeks ago. No, well, not. I'm telling you, I watched Kentucky against Georgia today, and I know people will say, well, Kentucky's a different team at home. Well, no, they weren't. Not against South Carolina. If Auburn can get, get a little bit of momentum in here and start Darryl, winning. Daryl, unless Auburn's game's... ahead by double digits with four minutes left, I just don't see it. But Kentucky's not, not gonna... Kentucky's not Tennessee or Alabama on the road. They're just not. Kentucky is us. Yeah. So it, two two teams have come in here, AM and Alabama, and beat Auburn at home, which is supposed to be the most intimidating home court. Kentucky's not that much is not better than Auburn. They're very much both mid. They're both the same right now. They're carbon copies of each other. Uh I haven't, you know, to be fair, I haven't watched enough Kentucky as I would like to say that I'm just kind of reacting right now, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, just this team I've said it before. This team can beat anybody in college basketball at home. Well, I've said that. 
And then like when everything's just set up perfectly, you can't do it. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I even believe that anymore, but the team today, uh, with, with the exception of going to Tuscaloosa, like, I mean, that's the toughest, that's the toughest thing that you got left in front of you. Missouri mid, I think Auburn's better than Missouri. We'll see if it happens. And Vandy Ole Miss at home, Lexington on the road. That, that's just, I don't know. I don't know about well, that one. Well, th there's some questions about how are you going to get momentum? Well, I mean, it's real simple. You start winning some basketball games. Anybody that jumps in here and thinks, I get it, we're all frustrated, but anybody that jumps in here and thinks that Auburn's going to lose the rest of its basketball games is unrealistic. And anybody right now that thinks they're an IT team right now is unrealistic. It could change. They could. They could lose, you know, two, they could only win, go two and four down the stretch and fall off the fall out of the NCAA tournament. But I just don't see how Auburn doesn't start winning some back. They, the toughest part of their schedule that we knew about and we've we've looked at and we've pointed towards for a month is now over. Agree? I mean, this was uh, this was Amen Corner. This was a baton death march. Tell me any other six game stretch. Auburn's got six games left. This six games that they're about to play is nowhere near as tough as the previous six they just played. No, but the last Look at three the, the last three games of the year, though, <laughs> you go to Lexington, you go to Tuscaloosa, then you play a top five Tennessee team at home. Like Tennessee's not top five. Tennessee's okay. not top five. Okay. They're not, and they're not playing like a top five. So that playing that game at home in Auburn instead of having to go to Tennessee where you had a three in the air and got fouled to tie, I'll take my chances. To playing a Kentucky team that lost to South Carolina at home and just got beat by Georgia, like Auburn did, very, very similar. The Alabama game, yeah, but go look at the BPI, ESPN, like you just said, the projections, which have been pretty accurate. Yeah, they've, during got, us, the six, they've yeah. got us going 11 and 7 in the conference. Yeah, that means winning four we'll more see. games. Yeah, we'll see. So that means they've got us going four and two. That's what the projections say. And like you said, they're normally pretty close. They're normally pretty close. And if that's the case, Auburn technically overachieves this year you know let this last six this last six let's just say this real quick zach these last six games they th that projection that predictor has been exactly right on every game except texas a&m at home they had auburn winning that game and auburn lost that game but all the other losses and the win against georgia that was how it was projected and it wasn't close it was like 70 percent, 68 percent. so you know it's kind of proven itself to be accurate and we'll hope for auburn's sake that it's accurate yeah, down I the last so. six. Gosh, I hope so. I just, I don't know. This one broke me. I'm just being 100% honest with me. Or this loss broke me. Yeah, so let in the live chat, several of y'all are saying 0-6. Oh That's stupid. But what what yeah. do you think What do you think Auburn's record is in the final six games? I'm going to say 3-3. Three and three. I'm going to say 3-3 three and three, and... It's going to be really interesting if that's enough. You're 20, you'd be 20 and 11 overall. You would be 10 and 8 in the SEC. I don't know if that'd be enough for the way the bubble looks right now. If if one of those threes of win against Tennessee, you pick up another quad one. That's fair. If you beat Missouri at home, I don't know if that's a quad one. It might be. But if you beat, if, if another one, if you lose and slip up and lose at Vandy, but win at Kentucky, that's another quad one. So it you could potentially go three and three, screw up and lose to Vanderbilt, and you know beat Kentucky and Tennessee and Ole Miss, or lose to Missouri. That that's how it's got. I mean, if you go three and three, I think it. I'll say this: three and three and one of those a quad one. 
and hold on to that Northwestern game as a quad one and finish with three quad one wins, you're in. You're Missouri, in. Missouri is 54 right now, and you're on the road. So I think that actually would be it. No, you're at home. You play Missouri at home. Oh, you're right. So that probably you play, quad, be, yeah, that's a quad, quad two. two. Okay. Yeah, quad yeah. two. The good thing going for Auburn, and, and, and people need to understand this that, that are, are commenting too, the NCAA selection committee looks at good wins just as much as they look at bad losses. We, we've heard that. We've had guys on the weekly show that I was on. So Auburn right now has no quad three or quad four losses. They have no bad losses. That that speaks – that's also very beneficial when you're figuring out net and Ken Palm and that kind of thing. What do you think of the rotation? I mean, you can tell Bruce is trying new stuff. Like there was uh, – they stuck with – help me out here. It was Trey Donaldson – Katie at the two. I guess Lior was at the three and Chris Moore was at the four. And I don't, I don't remember if it was, if it was Dylan or Janai in at the five, but like, that's weird. That was a really weird lineup. And like, just, there's just so many sets that we run where I'm like, where are the points coming from? How are we going to score points with this personnel in the court? Yeah, that was, that was mind boggling to me. I was scratching my head because you don't, you've got to have, an outlet or you have to have scoring options when you're playing a team like Alabama. Cause we talked about, you have to get in the eighties. If you're playing one of those 50 point, when you're, you're the games in the fifties, then you can do that, right? You can, you can run a lineup out like that, like that for about a minute and a half or two minutes. But when you've got to match baskets and every stinking point is so crucial and you got to get in the eighties, that lineup that just does not have a threat to score for two minutes, three minutes of a stretch can kill you. Yeah. Why um can I ask you a question that I ask you every time that we do this? Sure. Why is Zep not the backup point guard? <laughs> I just can't get I don't over know. It. Why is Alan Flanagan playing 30 minutes when he's one of nine? I don't know. I think Bruce would say defense, but like I just I just don't I just don't see that being legitimate. I just well, don't who think he, it makes who sense. Who is he guarding? I don't know. I guess that because they switched back from man to zone. So I don't know yeah. who kept rotating over to his side of the zone. He was minus um, twelve, Daryl. Yeah, I mean he's so so worse, so worse the defense teams. the defense argument doesn't hold water there either, right? If you're minus twelve, you're not stopping anybody either. I mean Auburn is just worse when he's playing, unless he has one of those nights where he pops, and like that hasn't he had like three in a row at the beginning of conference play, and that's just going to be it. Jesse asked a great point, and I think if we're going to like say somebody needs to play less, you got to talk about who is more. Uh, Jesse asked, who are you going to play at the three if not Flanagan? And I've got two names. I've got two. You know what? I'll go three. I, I can go three names here. You already said one, Chris Moore. I think we all are cool with that. Uh, Lior Berman, when he gets his minutes, is fine. At least there's a chance, like, you've got to respect him shooting the three when Lior is in there. And then his effort on defense, like, he's not as physically gifted as Allen, but still, like, the effort, there may be a drop-off, but I don't think it's much, Daryl. And I also just trust him to be in the right spot. I don't always trust Allen, Allen to be in the right spot. You with me on those two? Exactly. Yes, Third, I am. what's up with Chance Westry? Why not? Why not? He's not going to go minus 12. He's not, but I think he's broke right now. I just don't know if you can insert him into any kind of meaningful right. minutes with right. with what's transpired. The longer they right. let him sit, the less likely he can make any kind of impact. Uh, I wouldn't mind a three-guard lineup with KD 
I know you could say, well, he's not playing a three. You're not really playing a traditional three. You're playing a point and guard and two twos and then go with broom and yeah, but you know, whoever. Much, that's pretty much what Bruce uses the three for anyway. It's just a bigger wing. What about trying this? What about sliding Jalen Williams to the three? Moving Broom to the four, who seems oh, to be to be a more of a natural four, Finish and letting this. Car letting Cardwell Ooh. play the five, Ooh. and going big, going nasty, and going. You know, look, I know Dylan isn't a threat to score, but more than six points. But freaking everybody else we're putting in the three isn't either. So right. at least you have a defensive and rebounding presence. You have a big lineup. That's what I think they'll have to do against Kentucky. Kentucky's yeah. big. If you can do that against Kentucky, you can neutralize Shebway a little bit. Sure. I like I like slide Jalen Williams to the three. And guess what? He can shoot the three. That's what you want. You want a perim a guy that can hit, hit the perimeter shot. Jalen Williams can. So go Jalen, Broom, and Cardwell down low. I think you would have a formidable front line that would get a lot of rebounds and a lot of points in the paint. Just what you're doing right now, it's not working. And you've got to try new stuff. And maybe that's what that was in the middle of the game. Some people, somebody said that that weird lineup like cost Auburn the game. I don't think that's true. I think finishing the game going one of 10 is probably what lost to the game. But that's how cool. do you know that? And how do you know that starting Cardwell might not kickstart him to another level? Like he's got a mentality right now. I'm coming off the bench. I'm a role player. This is what my. This is what I'm supposed to do. You know, this is my limits. You start him, and he may have a completely different mindset of like, oh, I'm starting. I better go get more points. I better get I better get after it offensively. That that might be the, the route you go and look and see if injecting that kind of confidence in him elevates his offensive game a little bit. Yeah, I also think like when Dylan, when the opportunity's there, he he's able to capitalize. It's just in his 12 minutes, I mean, he only had that one at and I guess it's a shot attempt, but that oop, like he didn't really get the ball again on offense that I can really remember. Jerry Rice bringing up crazy that Jerry Rice watches this. I don't know why Jerry Rice cares about Auburn basketball, but glad to have you, Jerry Rice. Would have zero three point threat with that offense. Jalen wouldn't get the type of shots he does now at a three. He'd have to create a lot more. I don't know how much of a three point threat Auburn has in any lineup. Right no, and, and, and that's that's not necessarily true. Because with Cardwell and Broom in the game, you've got two guys that can set high set high roll picks and get Jalen Williams open for a three. So if he's playing the four or the three, he can still get looks. Flanagan's playing the three and is getting a ton of three-point looks. Too many, in my opinion. So you've got Broom and Cardwell who can both rotate, giving you high ball screens to set to, to open you up for the three. And I also think with those two bigs on the floor, eating up some space and drawing attention down below, mm -hmm. clogging up a little bit more. Down, you have some freer opportunities from the perimeter and maybe get some spacing, bring Broom out from away from the basket, his defender with him, and you have an opportunity for more lanes to drive. Yeah, and, and you mentioned clogging. If, you're, uh, if your pipes are too clogged, you can call our friends at uh, Henry Service Company, 334-288-2700. Hundred Isaiah asked, who will play center for us next season? Janai Broom and Dylan Cardwell, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, neither one of them are going to go uh, to the I, NBA. Yeah, so. Dil Dylan seems like the guy that would use a COVID year. So that might be the opportunity too next year to make that lineup because Jalen Williams could come back, and then you get some guys. You know, obviously Holloway that plays the point, and so. We'll see. I mean, I think you got to do something. Uh, you'll have to rotate some things and change some things up next year. Um, 
maybe Trey Hoare becomes that four or that five, that backup guy gets his confidence another year under his belt. You get minutes from him, then you can do that with Cardwell, and that would be very, very beneficial. Sure, sure. Storm, that is his real name, we've confirmed. I'm just so over getting my hopes up, only to see Auburn choke it away in the final four minutes. I've grown cold this season. Um, not closing. That's yeah, no, it's that's, it sucks. It's very, very frustrating. And I get it. I feel it. It's 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 a horrible feeling right now because it's five out of the last six, but I just don't feel like this is something that's going to be permanent or perpetual. I don't think Auburn's going to go into a funk. On their, on their last six games, I think this was a very tough stretch that we all saw coming. I expected us to win a couple more. But now, if Auburn comes out Wednesday night and lays an egg, then I'm I'm, I'm saying it's over. I'm just going to be very honest with you. If Auburn comes out Wednesday night at home and doesn't get a W, it's over. Because yeah. I don't see how they come back from that. So you get on a little run, win a right. couple games, steal one on the road, we'll see. But I get it. When you can't close, we remember the last thing we've seen. And right now we've seen five losses out of the last six. It's tough. Uh, Darius Pugh asked, does Wendell get drafted? No, he does not. Mm -hmm. In the NBA? No, he does not. He does not. Joseph saying the freshman giving us minimal contribution is killing us. You got to think that everybody on this coaching staff is surprised that the freshmen weren't bigger impact. I mean, a lot of people that cover the team, like basketball team is their main beat. We're like, yes, Trey Orr has got a chance to start. And Westry has a chance to start. Or he will start once he recovers from his knee surgery. And we just haven't seen it. We just haven't seen either of those, obviously. And that's, um, I think it's impacted the rotation. I think it's impacted a lot of things. Uh the, the coaching staff was wrong on these guys, which is a shame. Now, I think next year, Daryl, I think they'll be great. I think that I, or I think they've got the chance to be great. I think they've got a chance to be solid contributors for Auburn over the course of their careers. But, yeah, no, this uh, this class is killing us. There's no doubt about it. Brent makes a good point. Brent, if you'll pull that up, Zach, Brent Riley's comment about half of Bama's points because Jay Billis uh, in the comment section, just to piggyback on that freshman thing, said three of – Alabama's top scorers are freshmen and half of their points come from freshmen, just like Brent said. So, yeah, and they, and they don't, they don't blink in crunch time. Right. I mean, you know, you would think that they would get a little intimidated or a little bit because they're freshmen, a little wide eyed. They haven't. So that can, that really, really uh, solidifies that point and amplifies that point that Auburn's getting nothing from its freshmen Zippo. Uh, you have to have freshmen make an impact. Look at the look at the impact Jabari Smith and Isaac Okoro and Sharif Cooper made for Auburn. The last three great freshmen Auburn had. If Auburn got anything like that, even just similar, I, no one's expected to be a Jabari or a Okoro or a or a Sharif. But let's just say they get two thirds of that production. Just one freshman coming in, averaging double digits. Auburn would be so much better off this year than they are, and they're not getting anything. Nothing. And that's that goes back to scouting. That goes back to recruiting. I don't think anybody could blame Bruce Pearl for taking a five-star Trehor and a high four-star Westry. Right. Um, they looked great, but they just have not panned out. Yeah. No, there's no um, no question about that. So Wendell, Wendell's spot 
this offseason will be very interesting because he's not starting next year. I don't think. I don't know how you bring in Aiden and you don't start him. And so then you also probably have to move Chance Westry. For some reason, they put him at the one consistently when he was playing in the non-conference slate. And so you just look at it as like Aiden, Wendell, and Trey. And I just don't know, like, do you just play Trey less? Does Wendell work coming off the bench when Aiden's a similar style guard? He's just a more efficient scorer. Wendell worked coming off the bench last year because you had Zepp, and they're just so different. They talked about it during the broadcast today. Jay Billis did about how, you know, Zepp would wear the opposing point guard down, and then Wendell would come in and be a change of pace, and it would pop him. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what they do with Wendell. I also don't know what they do with KD. Yeah, I think you know that you're going to have – I know you, you're going to have – you know the guard rotation. You know the five guards are going to be Wendell, Aiden, uh, uh, Trey, KD, and who am I missing? No, those four I think are locked in stone. Um, how they play and and, and maybe Chance Westry. That's the say other those one. four so, again? So you got Aiden, Trey, Wendell, KD. Those four, I think, are your your top four rotation guards next year. Now, how they fit and what combination thereof, maybe Wendell and KD start and Aiden comes in off the bench with Trey and they have that two-point guard. I don't know. It's going to be – I don't if know if Aiden true. is a combo. I don't know if he's a combo guard or a true one because remember Bruce re- recruits a lot of combo guards so Aiden could slide to the two we don't know I hope so I hope so uh, if that's, that's going to be big Darryl, if that's the case and Katie and Wendell are both still in the roster and you have Aiden coming in and you've got a backup point guard and Trey Donaldson coming in I don't know how you go to guys in the portal and say hey come here we're in the same spot we were last offseason it's a good point you're, you're going to have to, to do I don't that. Know how, I don't know how you can not, unless just KD takes a backup role and plays 10 minutes a game, I don't know how you can go get that superstar shooter. caliber shooter. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, unless, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you, you can sell get, that. You can get one that plays the three, like uh, Stevenson does. Can you? What if Allen comes back? <laughs> so, I don't know if you can do that. Well, he ain't coming back. I don't well, think he's coming back. Bruce has to get like you got to process guys. You've got to yeah, figure I can, out. You go, you've I think you get that. How to do that. You go get the shooter that you need in the transfer portal at the three position. There's a ton of three guards that are six four, six five right now that are shooting lights out across the country, and that's what you go do. Yeah, um, and and Doug saying get rid of KD. Like I'm, I mean, I'm with you. Right, as far as, okay, and then you roll the dice and you try to get somebody with more upside in the portal. Like, I'm with you. But also, like, on the human element, Katie's already used his... He's already used his free transfer. And so, I, I don't know what his graduation track is. I feel like he's getting close, but I, I just don't know what it is. And so, if he's not, like, set to graduate and you tell that kid you gotta leave, he just can't play college basketball next year. So there's still a human element to this too, where it's like when you get three dudes at the same, you know, at, at the guard position at the same time, and they're here for four years, it's, um, I don't know. There's a human element to this too, where it's like, they're kind of stuck here until they graduate. 
or you just don't care, which I don't think Bruce is going to do that. So there's other elements to this too, Daryl. I mean, it's a weird situation. There's other elements because, as we mentioned before, Desi Seals and Trey Alexander should be on this team right now. And no fault to this coaching staff. One didn't want to compete with the other guards that were brought in, and one couldn't because he was a sports management major. Right. And so he couldn't get in. He, You know, Desi Seals couldn't get in. How good would they look in this offense right now? Now, of course, you wouldn't have probably KD and maybe another guard because you went out and got them after those guys fell through. But that's that's kind of what's happened over the last two years. And it didn't hurt Auburn last year to not have Seals and Alexander on this team because you had Jabari Smith and Kessler. And this is where it's showing up. And you've got to learn from your mistakes and go out next year and get a guy that can stroke it, even if you've got to put him at the three. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much to Henry Service Company for um, allowing us to do this and just kind of talk this out throughout the year. I mean, I'd be free. My, my wife would hate me right now because I would just be like complaining and complaining and I get to do it to you guys. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cathartic, isn't it? Oh, man. I I don't feel great, but I do feel better. <laughs> Than uh, 43 minutes ago. I think we're going to know a lot about this Auburn basketball team when we sign off next Wednesday night. I think they'll either turn things around and play really well at home and start to, you know, get things on the right path for down the stretch. Or if they lay an egg, I think you can go ahead and it's a wrap on the season. So Wednesday night is very, very crucial. And we'll just see how it turns out. Yep. Um, We'll wrap it up with this. Oregon, Wyoming, is Dap sitting on a throne? Yes, because that. <laughs> he is a king, and there's no that, other way to... Uh, that's to a wardrobe uh, closet behind me. It looks like a big bishop's chair, or it does look like a throne. <laughs> it's a wardrobe It's a wardrobe closet that I have my clothes in, so there you go. Pope Dap, that's right, yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll bless everybody. They need it on the way out. The, yeah, we need the, it. Uh, Dap, how can yeah. people show you some love, buddy? Uh, Twitter, Dap6410. Uh, be sure to follow me. Some interaction there. And then Monday morning at 710 with our good friend Ben Taylor. Auburn Opal Lacker this morning. We'll talk for about 20 minutes. We'll have the Super Bowl to talk about. We'll have, obviously, this oh, game. Yeah. And then we'll be back at it, what, Wednesday? Yep. We have, we'll Wednesday be live game. again Wednesday night for sure. For sure. Yep. Hey, t- tomorrow morning I'm planning on dropping uh, – Sunday morning I'm dropping an episode. I sat down with Jason Jones to chat with him. So – uh, and talk about everything that's happened so far this offseason from a player point of view. Be sure to check that out. Call our friends at the Henry Service Company, 334-288-2700. Alabama license number 00021. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.